You're now listening to The Specific Brown Show. Specifically music. Music. Specifically real. Real. Hosted by DJ SB. Your favorite MC. This is where it's at. Yes, yes. What's good, people? Welcome once again to The Specific Brown Podcast. In today's podcast, I'll be interviewing Mid Solace from ACM. In the interview with Mid Solace, we'll be talking about his career, past, present and future and what the future holds for him. We'll also dive into sub- subjects including to, but not limited to, his influences, the kind of style of music he makes, his creative protests and things he has in the pipeline. This is the Specific Brown Podcast. Keep it here. Hello and welcome to the Specific Brown Rap Ball Show podcast and this is an episode from my second series and I'm here today with Oscar, aka uh, Oscar from Mid Solace. Oscar, how's it going man? It's going very well, thank you. How have you been recently man? How do you feel now you've finished university? I, as soon as I handed it in, I felt really freed. Because I was like, I can do anything. And now I, like, I remember, oh, there's like a bunch of stuff that I need to do. Like, I mean, it's my own personal music, but it's still like, you know, it's a commitment. So I'm busy in that way. That's awesome, man. Now going forward, do you feel like you've got more time to like work on music and stuff? Or were you already ha- hammering tongs at the wheel making music alongside your studies? Um, to put it this way, the song I'm releasing now... Um, well, when this, when this is released, it will have already been released. I was mixing that for like two days straight or three days straight, only eating takeaways instead of doing my uh, dissertation and like my online portfolio. So, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, this is a classic exa- ACM example. Like Ed Sheeran, he studied at ACM and he dropped out. And look at him now. <laughs> I think all ACM students have that in the back of their mind. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the music comes first. And that's something that even the teachers say, yeah. That's so true. I'm not going to name names, but so many tutors have said that. And like, especially from the rap and MC course, there's so many guys who have dropped out, but they're, they're pretty much on their, well on their way to doing what they want to do in the industry. Okay. Um, so you, for the audience who haven't heard of you before um, and want to get to know more about you as an artist, can you just uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Oscar, um, and I'm basically like as you would call like a band leader slash creative director of, of Mid Solace, which is basically, at the moment it's a music project, but I want to expand it to like, you know, include film and other so- sorts of media. So basically with everything I do, I, as much as I like taking control of stuff, I also love including different friends that like to me are incredibly talented and I'm just like, you would be great in this and you would be great in that. and. Yeah, I just want to develop that so that I can make like not only music, but also just like other sorts of media in the future. But for now, music, for now, music. That's like my main thing. First thing first is yeah. with the music. Um, based on where you were when you started ACN and where you are now, where, where do you think you've developed the most? Um, where have I developed the most? Um, I think, I mean, production and mixing and also songwriting. Like, um, I used to just write songs on guitar and the lyrics, like, came second. Whereas now I just, I get an idea for something and it's kind of, 
it might it might be something that comes to me and it feels more like a poem but i'm just like i know i'm going to add that at some point somewhere or just something where i'm like like a little verse and i'm like okay this is going to go into this song and it, it's going to come out of left field but it will feel right to add this into that that song to me at least it might not to other people but if it feels new to me it, it excites me what would you say your favorite part of the music process is is it like like kind of songwriting is it the production side of things is it performing stuff live that you've written yourself is it collaborating or is it many, multiple of those um it depends at what stage of the process i am like if i'm at the beginning like where i'm writing the lyrics like i'm getting excited about the little like you know the little um like the alliteration or the internal rhyme schemes like i get excited over that and i'm like oh this is so good and then i like i get so excited over how i'm going to make it flow and then when it gets to like making the music for it or finding the music for it i get excited about how that fits in together and how to mesh it and then after it's just like the, the mixing part and hearing how it sounds at the end of the process also excites me so it's just like it kind of builds up over time. It, like the excitement is throughout, which I'm really glad about. From when you started music, when you were younger, like to this day, have you had any opportunities to perform like live or have you done anything like public performances? Yeah, I've done a bunch. I, um, you know the DigiFest last week or two weeks ago, I did that. Um, it went it went okay, like it didn't go as, as planned, but there was no audience, so it, it felt really, really bizarre just performing to like a live stream but i think it's something we all have to get used to but yeah no i've had i've had plenty of uh, chances to perform live like before doing uh, music i want to be an actor so i have quite a lot of ex quite a lot of experience with just handling live performances and just dealing with that you say you were into acting when you were younger can you see do you find any similarities between acting and your your, your music or like, does what do you find? There's elements of one that help you with the other, and vice versa. Well, yeah, like, um, like when you do acting, you have to perform a character, and it's not that I'm performing a character, but like, like something from the the albums I've really come to love in the last year is that a lot of them have a storyline, and a lot of them, the artists who made them, were, were basically like. They were talking about themselves, but they were also using themselves as characters in those storylines and like creating narratives and um, like, you know, in Good Kid, Mad City, just having that kind of Tarantino story flow where it starts in a, in a different point than what his actual life was. Like it doesn't start at the beginning, it starts like midway through slash at the end. So it's, it's just like, it's kind of performative in a way that like, because I like to include storylines into my stories, I, when I write, I am writing about myself, but I'm also writing about the, the person I was at that moment. Therefore, you know, like the character I was, because I, I have changed, I am different to what, how I was then. Like we're all changing all of the time. So in a way it's, it is performative to a degree, I think. Yeah. At least if that's how you're, you know, if that's the concept you're going for, you know, telling stories. In that case, I do think there is a level of how acting can help you. Because you have to think about how yourself as the character in that story, like what is the function of you as a character? Like 
how does that influence the rest of the story and what makes your character interesting what is their backstory what like it's so interesting I can go on this all day yeah. like my, my friend who's a director he like every time I see him we just nerd out over this stuff and it, he makes me in a weird way he talks about not in a weird way he talks about but like in a weird way he makes me love music even more every time I see him despite him talking about acting because we talk about different things but with a similar amount of passion and like research in a way and he he just like yeah he just kind of engages me and just in a different way it gets me thinking about about like oh i could do this with this song you know that's great okay we'll be back after the break Specific Brown Shell. The Specific Brown Shell. The Specific Brown Shell. Okay, I'm back here with Oscar from Mid Solace. Um, next thing I wanted to ask you, Oscar. Um, is they like you mentioned Kendrick Lamar? Um, is there any, would you say that hip hop, like in the last decade, like there's certain artists that you draw inspiration from, like and for example, if it was Kendrick Lamar, what what would you say about Kendrick Lamar? Like inspires you to like kind of go go along in that similar fashion, like with how it affects your music. Empathy and just uh, like he's his music i mean he he has like in terms of the musicality one thing i really appreciate is that he has a diverse body of work and he has you know i mean there's that genius video on him and his like the many voices of kendrick lamar and that just like speaks to the fact that like the way he writes he writes about his own personal experiences or at least that's what he's projecting and like that leaves room for him to to just be really empathetic about even people he might not like or characters he might not like, but writing about them in a, in a humanistic way, where it's just like he's not vilifying them or the situations, he's just like, a, let's say, good kid. In that song, he's talking about police brutality and gang um, uh, conflict, but he's, he's doing it in a way where he's, he's the central character, he's the victim of both parties, but he, he's just saying, you know, like the irony of him trying to step out of that and trying to do good when he lives in such a bad environment, but also not blaming those people because in a way they have been oppressed in a similar way or in a different way. And they're all just stuck in this, in this internal and external conflict. So it's just like that level of, of thought to be able to step outside of your own biases, to just write stories in such a captivating way. Um, it's incredible, yeah. And also the fact that he uses so many different instrumentals, like, that's what I want my music to be like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, for me, especially, like, from a rap and MC point of view, like, the free, the big three over the past, like, decade, you've got, like, you know, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, keeping, like, that kind of boom-bap 90s hip-hop rap, like, kind of... Subgenre alive because I think nowadays it's sort of very much trap driven and like kind of almost like EDM like or mumble rap as well. But that's just my two cents anyway. Um, like regarding rapping, like 
is that something you've been interested in, like trying trying out for yourself? Like I've heard some of your songs. Like there's definitely some. It's very noticeable that you've got some kind of rap influence, like over like your your songwriting process. Um, is that something that you're like continuing to pursue and work at, or is it something you're dabbling with? No, it is something that uh, like I see myself in the long term because it's just like hmm, the more. I mean, I've I've not only listened to rap. Like, I mean, I'm quite new to rap, in honesty. Like, it's not something that I've been in the culture since I, I was born. Like, I listened to a bit of Tupac when I was younger, but that was because my brother would listen to Tupac. So I was like, oh, Tupac's great, the '90s are great, but then anything outside of that sucks. Just because yeah. I, I had that like really tunnel vision mentality, and it was it sucked. But like, then I got into like newer stuff, and yeah. I, like I listened to part of the creator and how like one person can make really diverse music and still be very genuine and yeah. very like give back to the culture as well and it's just like you know it's never too late to get into something and be genuine yeah. and have good intentions and that's yeah that's i see myself in rap for a while but i also want to do stuff outside of rap i don't want to close my spin a box because i i that that terrifies me yeah, I think especially from a creative point of view, you don't want to limit yourself. Like, if you've got something to say and it, it ends up being in like a different musical language than what you used to, I still think that's a valid narrative to be able to give and it makes you more interesting as an artist and give you that air of unpredictability. Um, what was I going to say? To this date, have you released any uh, LPs or any long-form projects? Uh, no, but I am working on one. So basically, um, my strategy is... The, t the first two songs are released on Spotify. <clears throat> Those were basically songs that are going to be in the same album as this next song I'm coming out with. So <clears throat> when I started, I'm, I'm working on my first album and I'm basically just, I'm basing it off of my experience at university and getting into different styles of music and how in the same way as Tyler the Creator and even Kendrick Lamar, how those different styles can cohabit in one single body of work, but with a like with a narrative and certain words that get called back throughout the album, like people can can listen to it in a cohesive way. I'm just working on like making the best album I can and just releasing certain singles from the album until it's ready for release and, and people. Like, they, they listen to the first single, they listen to the second one, they listen to this one, they listen to the next two coming out a bit after this one. And they're like, there is a, there's a, a narrative, emotional, and a, yeah, there's just a connection between all of them. And that's what, what the album's going to be, basically. But after that, I have, I have a few other plans as well. Cool. Um... Is there any what mis, what music are you listening to at the moment? Like, is there any new music that like you're really fascinated by and that you like list, keep listening to, or is it a situation where you you've got like a playlist of songs set in your phone and just listen to them on repeat because you just like you're a hardcore fan in that regard of those artists? Unfortunately, I don't actually listen to playlists that much. Like, um, I'm I'm really into "Call Me If You Get Lost" by Tyler the Creator. Like, I'm just playing that on repeat. Like. I had work the other day and I like it's a 20 minute like bicycle ride for me and um, I played it on the way there and then when we were closing I played the album as well so it's just like I'm obsessed with that album right now but um, like I'm really into Olivia Rodrigo's album like I remember like when, when her singles were coming out I was like I wasn't too sure but then her album came out and my girlfriend got me into it and I was just like, 
I don't know. I really like it. I'm I'm not her demographic, but I can still I, I can still really identify who, who she is, where she is at, and empathize with that. And like albums like that that aren't made for my demographic, but can still connect with me inspire me to make something in a similar way where it's just like it doesn't matter if you're if you don't look like me or if you're if you don't sound like me yeah. or if you don't come from where I come from you can still empathize with the human experience yeah, yeah. definitely um, it's kind of unavoidable that you've got an accent is it safe to say you're Spanish half yeah. Spanish yeah, yeah. yeah? Um, does that have any influence on the music you make like do you do you like sing bilingually or like, do you yeah. stick to English or Spanish? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I, like, I, I, I speak Spanish at home, but, um, like, I basically speak English more than I speak Spanish now, which, in a way, it makes me sad, but then in a way, I'm also like, you know, like, I've lived here for so long. Um, for, uh, for a long time, I didn't call myself English, but yeah. it's just now I'm like, I am English. You have like an English citizenship, you've got the yeah. passport and everything. Yeah. Well, it's like, even if I didn't have the passport, to me it's just like, I have lived in the culture and I have experienced it and it doesn't matter where I come from, that makes me, you know, part of Well, English food, our national food is uh, chicken tikka masala, which is uh, not even a real curry. It's very, <laughs> we made it up apparently. Nah, the weather and the food suck, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the weather, the weather in the first lockdown was good. I can tell you that. Like, that that made me think, wow, the UK isn't actually that bad. Because we went into lockdown, and that sucked. But it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me until like months after, because the weather was really good. Um, like, like we were all in a lockdown, obviously. But my girlfriend was living with me, so it was just like, and we had just started going out together, so it was just, it was good. It was just like good weather, good people around me, I'm having fun. And then like second year of lockdown, everyone, every year, it's just raining all the time. So it sucks. Okay. Um, when it comes to writing a song, what are the boxes that you feel you have to tick to make a song that you like for yourself? Like what's, what's the certain standard or what's, what's the aspects that you, you feel you have to fulfill to, to make a song that passes your test? It depends with what I want from the song and what uh, you know what is what I'm listening to at that moment. Because it might just be the emotional connection, it might just be the like the song structure and what the song is talking about. It might just be that I'm trying to make a pop song. Like with Spaniards Lament, I remember like I was never into pop. Well, maybe except like Michael Jackson and you know like. 80s and 90s pop but I was never into like 2000s and 2010s pop because I was more stuck into that 90s era of, um, of pop or like um, pop punk and it's just like now like it just depends like with one song it can just be the emotional connection I feel to it. like last year I released a song you know in like a demo to on SoundCloud about my mom and in that one I actually like mixed I talked about my dad and my mom, and because my dad's English and my mom's Spanish, I, I used the two languages, but like, the, the part about my mom, I said it in English, and the part about my dad, I said it in Spanish. So it's that, uh, like, that dichotomy of like, despite, you know, I should sing to her in Spanish and I should talk about him in English, like, I reverse that because I don't know it's just th those kind of like that kind of like wordplay and also that's a neat idea yeah, yeah I like that that kind of like emotional connection 
like really really drives me but that drove me for that song like I right think now is it juxtaposition yeah. we got like two yeah. opposite things together yeah, exactly. yeah and it's just like um and also like the the actual content of like you know i'm describing my mom and how i'm describing my dad is so different that it's just like it drives down that like that separation of um of you know the the language barrier and whatnot even more it's it's it, it, it excited me when i wrote that song i decided not to go to uni that day i yeah. had i remember it vividly i had like this loop i wrote at my friend's house like i, I was just playing on guitar in like new year's eve and i was like oh this sounds cool i came back home the next day and I, I like fully fleshed it out and i was like okay cool i kept it in like a logic vault for a while and then that day I was just like what can I do with this I decided not to go to uni to that songwriting lesson and I stayed at home just writing that I was alone in my house so I was just able to like shout like yell try different things yeah like sing whatnot and it, it worked and it's just that drives me but now I'm trying to make a pop song if that makes sense so it's yeah. just like different songs require different skill sets different mentalities yeah would you consider yourself a producer um yeah yeah, I, I like I'm striving to be a good producer. Like yeah. right now, I've dedicated more time to learning how to mix, and I still have to go away. You know, like I still have to like learn with that and get better at that. But it's just like I want to. I then I want to be the best I can be at, or like the best version of myself uh, I can be at whatever I'm tackling. But I don't want to limit myself to something because even if I find like a better producer than me. I don't want to just be sitting back at the studio not knowing what they're doing. I want to be like up on the desk and just being like, yeah, like you like something I, you know, Alex Tumay, who's a mixing engineer, he talked about mm, his experience with mixing for Travis Scott. And Tra he said that Travis was literally like right behind him and just like nodding his head throughout like the entire mixing process and just being like, yeah, no, 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 change that and bring that over here. And it's just like, and Mike Dean himself has said that Tra Travis is really good at mixing. And if you look at some of the credits on some of his songs, Travis is quite, like, he is credited as one of the mixing engineers. Yeah. Together with Mike Dean. So it's just, like, you don't have to limit yourself to just rapping or to just producing or to just songwriting. If you can, if you're interested in other stuff, then you should pursue it. Definitely it, agree, man. It's just a transitionary period where you feel like, yeah. you suck at everything. But then it's just like, once you get over that hill, you realize that, You've conquered quite an uphill battle, and yeah. that's good. That's really good. Are you a Logic Pro guy, or do you use something else? No, I'm using Logic. I'm looking to use other stuff, but you know, I don't like. I, I haven't bought a single plugin yet. Yeah. Despite having released three songs, because like I have. I just have the mentality of like, and this has been, to be honest, it's not my own mentality, it's just from what other teachers at ACM said, which has helped. Well, I just have the mentality of like, there is no point in buying stuff that you don't, when you don't even know how to use the stock plugins. Yeah. And even like, Mike Dean has said that he really likes the, um, like he uses Pro Tools and he uses, uh, he really likes, one of his favorite EQs is like one of the, um, like stock EQ plugins. So yeah. it's just like, you can just use what's there and it might not be the quality standard, but at the end of the day, um, you know, what is it? Uh, Section 80 by Kendrick. Yeah. When Derek Harley was mixing that, 
They were recording that on a broken microphone. That's why it's so distorted throughout the whole album, his voice, because it, they couldn't afford anything else at yeah. the time. And despite that, um, Fuck Your Ethnicity is one of my favorite songs by Kendrick, and it sounds great. And when I, when I listened to, when I was testing the mix, I was using that song because I was just like, this song inspires me a lot. And he, you know, he, he mixed it in really in quite a, with quite bad um, resources, but it still sounds good and it yeah. still sounds so, so good. So, you know, like buying shit doesn't matter and like getting, you know, have, being on Pro Tools just because everyone else is or Ableton, it, it doesn't mean that your product is going to be good if you don't know how to use it. Yeah, and then also like if you're plonked in a situation where like you've got a songwriting session, for example, and that's what you've got available to you, then it's like yeah, you just make the best of it and on your way. That's I not, oh yeah, that's not to say I'm not going to use uh, other stuff. It's just like I would rather get better at what I know and then expand once I, because I'm basically learning mixing and production with Logic. So when I know the the foundations of mixing and production, I can move on to other stuff. But if I'm trying to learn mixing, production, and the app at the same time, and like with three different apps, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, man. Okay, we're gonna take another brief break and we'll be back after the break. Specific Brown Shell. The Specific Brown Shell. The Specific Brown Shell. Hi guys, I'm back with Oscar, and this is the Specific Brown Rap Rule Show podcast. Oscar. What are your musical goals and dreams and aspirations going forward now that you've finished ATM? Um, well, I'm working on the album, so I'm, I'm basically... I've, I've got two more singles to come out before I release the album, and I'm finishing the production for some of the other songs. So that's basically my main aspiration right now, like just getting that finished and not just releasing something that is just like, oh, here's a, a project. Like, it's something that I can say, I've put my, my heart and soul into it. And it might, it might not, you know, necessarily pick up the attention, but like, it will be something that I do think in the future, my like loyal fans will be able to like, go through my discography, go through that album and be like, you know, kind of like in a Tyler the Creator way, where it's just like, it wasn't perfect, he wasn't at his best, but it didn't mean that there wasn't something there to begin with. Like, I'm just refining my skills with every with everything I'm working on at the moment. Um, and after that, I'm just planning on just expanding. You know, like again, like just getting that, that vision out of not only making music, but with the music, making like, music videos that don't just stand as music videos but it's like a greater part of the story of that album like um like with the weekends after hours like those music videos are so good and they they add so much to the lore of what after hours is and like it's just it's inspired me and it's it's just changed the way i see the way i see marketability it's made me think of it as an art and as, a, as something that, you know, I can, I can expand on. Like, I, I wrote a script uh, for my friends to, like, perform in, and I recorded them, and I, I think I, you know, I released it this morning, and it's just basically, um, 
it's just basically promoting the song in a different way. But to me, like, that, that feels good. It's just like, it's adding on to that story. Yeah. Cool. Um, regarding your music, do you think you're trying to find your sound or do you reckon you've already found your sound? And if so, how would you describe your sound? Um, I don't think I've found my sound yet. Like, um, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to just make different songs in different genres. I think that just showcases that I'm still experimenting with what I'm doing sonically. Regarding, like, hardware, so, like, whether it's analog equipment or, like, you know, in the box for, like, production, what equipment um, have you got accessible to you that you've been working on to make your music? Um, a second-hand Focusrite 2i2, a MacBook Pro, um, what else? Uh, I think, what is it? I can't remember the name of the speakers, but they're basically M-Audio. I think it's uh, DX3 or something like that. M8 DX3, maybe. Um, and just, you know, like, audio jacks connecting from, like, a guitar to, the, to that, maybe using some samples, because I do like to use samples, just like chop them up and do different stuff with it. Um, sample libraries. Uh, I don't really use analog stuff just because I'm at that point where, again, I'm, I'm trying to refine the skills where I can. And if I'm going to buy something, it's because I know how to use it yeah. and I know how to put it into practice. <laughs> You're from uh, Reading. Um, are there any music studios in Reading that you've, you've, you're aware of that you maybe want to go in and like do some studio time, some sessions, or maybe you've already done something in the past in a studio? So the, what was it? So Spaniards Lament and Echo were actually, they were recorded in my friend's studio. So his dad has a, like a, a home studio, but he actually wants to like basically have a studio that people can rent out to record and mix in, and it's called TMM Music Studio. Um, he's like, he was super generous. He, like, we were just going in there to make random demos as a joke, because we had nothing to do with our time. <clears throat> Besides maybe like do a, a bit of songs. And like, he was just super accommodating and it, it was a great studio space. But right now, like I'm just basically, because of the pandemic and everything, I just put a stop to that. So I was just basically making the most of my my bedroom and just yeah. being a bedroom producer, but trying to elevate that to like a, a normal studio. But yeah, so right now I just, I kind of record where I can. I kind of make, try to make the most of it, but that's something that real life engineers, like audio engineers, that's what they have to deal with. Like, um, again, Alex Tomei, he talked about Mike Dean working on a song by Kanye called, I think, Champions. Yeah. And it's got Two Chains, Travis Scott, uh, I think Big Sean, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. And it's just like, like it, it's got so many pe different people that recorded in different spaces with yeah. different microphones and probably like some really good quality, some really bad quality, yeah. but he makes them all sound like they're in the same space. Yeah, yeah. And that just comes from prob problem solving. You're not always going to be in the best studio. So yeah. uh, that's what I'm learning right now. That's yeah. like, I'm learning to like make the most of what I have. And if I can find a studio, great. If I can't, then just, it just, it's experience. It yeah. makes me, it makes me better and it makes my music in a way sound the way it does. Yeah, man, that's great. Um, from doing a bit of background research, some might say stalking. 
but I wouldn't use that word. Um, I think I've heard you've had some uh, experience like with uh, BBC introducing. Can you uh, say how that came around and how you felt about that experience? It was crazy. It was like the first time I was ever featured on the radio. And like with the with the first song, they took um, I think like a week or more to like re respond and to send, send me an email back. But then with the second song I sent them, they were like, like literally I think on the same day I sent it to them, they were like, hey, do you want to go on a call tomorrow? I was like, what? Like I felt so unprepared, but they're really accommodating. They're really cool. Yeah, I, I really like when I, I was when I was talking to them like the, the it was two different people, but they were both. So like they were, they weren't just asking me questions. Like they were interested because that like they didn't really have a script to go off of. Um, they were just like I was telling them certain things, and they were like, "Oh, so you're into this person?" And they were like, and like, "Oh, my favorite Kendrick album is The Pimp a Butterfly, and that's actually my favorite album of all time." And I was like, "All time, yeah. but yeah, it's good, though. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like it's it's cool. It was very accommodating, all I can say. Sweet. Um off the back of that, is there, have you found there's going to be like any opportunities to like go on like a BBC introducing stage or something like that? Yeah, so I actually, so I sent it to, I sent it, so I didn't know that you had to send it to like, you know, like your local radio basically, and then the like the one, upload yeah. and then the uh, BBC introducing stage. But I researched it and I've, I've basically compiled a whole list of places I'm going to send it to, whether it be reviewers or radios or, um, you know, like people I admire and I'm like, you know, I respect you. I want to see what you think of my song. Because, um, you know, you have to promote yourself in any way you can. And it's just like, you know, if you fuck with someone's music and you show them support, then they'll most likely at least want to give you a chance. Like, I wonder what this guy is doing, you know? Yeah. Um, going forwards, long-term career, like, have you, have you got like a short and medium long-term set of goals, things like that? Have you kind of got like a business plan when it comes to your music or are you just kind of playing it by ear and see how it's going? Uh, for certain things, I am playing it by ear, but I mean, like let's take the, the album release, for example, like in my mind, like I'm constantly thinking about like the different things because I still have to finish some of the production for some songs. The songs are finished, but they're not fully fleshed out. And because I'm basically like, again, creative directing, I'm basically going like, oh, a cello over this would be cool, or a double bass, and just like formulating that and the structure. Like I already have the album structure in mind and like the story and everything, but it's just like, when can I put these recording sessions? When I can, when can I contact these people? Like, oh, can you do this? So like, and also like the single releases, like I know when I want to release this, the singles, and I know how I want them to sound, and I know when I'm giving myself the deadline to like, this is when the mix is finished, send it to master. Um, in terms of performance, like I, I do have a, not necessarily like a fully fleshed out, but like, I do have a goal of just like, I want to be performing at festivals next year. Like I want to have enough of a body of work, maybe not released songs, but I have, like I want to have festival songs where it's just like, like I can perform like a pop song like a jazzy pop song, like, you know, Spanish Cement, and then go into changes, and it makes sense. And people in the audience don't have to be like, what the fuck is this? They, they can be like, oh, this makes sense because of how the set list is built. So I am planning that in my head. It's just like, you know, that's to be decided. Cool. That's a good segue there. You mentioned changes. So changes, for everyone listening, is uh, Oscar's new single, which is going to be out very soon on most streaming platforms. 
Do you want to talk to the listeners about changes and how that came about? And yeah, so when I like the song literally started with the first few lines, and it was the two broke blokes sitting on a catch up in the house. Like it just started with those rhymes, and I was just like, because at that time when I was writing, I was just like, internal rhymes really move me. Alliteration is awesome. Just like having that. Um, and also um, more than internal rhymes, just like um, like assonance and uh, consonance, where it's just like it might not necessarily rhyme, but it sounds quite close. Um, and in a sense, it like it, it connects so well. So I, I was I started with that, and then it, like over time, I just fleshed it out, and just I went from like how can I tell this story, but not make it. No, not make it about that like you know at the end of the day the song is about hanging out with friends and just chatting absolute rubbish and just making like telling whatever comes to mind just making the most out of that situation that's how <clears throat> that's exactly why it kind of develops into the outro of the song because it it's it's more about the experience of hanging out with friends and telling them about your your life at that moment and how it's going than about whatever is actually going on in, in your life at that moment if that makes sense so it's just it was a it was a cool experience like the hook the sorry apologies like i came up with that while i was in the kitchen floor one day i was just like how can i make a a chorus to this song that isn't even a chorus like it's a chorus that only comes once but you know yeah it, it's good i i really like that song it's just it just develops and it feels natural the way it just the, the beat the beat change comes in and it feels natural. And I, I send it to a bunch of people like, would you would you cut this part out so it goes straight into the beat change or have that moment where it's just like, my voice completely changes, the delivery changes, the, the, um, the um, just the intensity in which I say it and it's so different. Um, and, or should I keep it like that? And they were like, no, no, no. Cause it allows, it allows to go from the euphoria of that moment to then this, this transition period where it's just like, what is about to happen? And then it goes back to the euphoria, but it's almost like a dream that you're entering. Mm. But yeah, it's cool. I'm really yeah, happy. That's awesome, man. Um, have you got a release date sort of for changes when it's scheduled to come out? And um, what platforms will it be available on for the listeners? Yeah, so um, I'm releasing changes on the 10th of September. And um, I mean, I've done it through DistroKid, so it should be coming out on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the other ones. But like, <clears throat> before it comes out, I'm I'm just putting out little teasers. Like, I put out like an instrumental teaser of the second section in, um, on YouTube the other day, like last week. Um, you know, again, I put out that script with like a bit of music to it, and from one of the other songs in the album, in on YouTube today. I'm just like focusing on fleshing it out. So again, it just kind of adds to that lore that I'm building towards. That like, you know, like an, al an album like Wolf from Tyler, it might not, I mean, I don't really necessarily engage with the album as much from how long it is and how like some songs are just too long for their own good, in my opinion. But like the lore and the storytelling is there and that's why so many people connected to it because they, they could listen to an album for what it was, but they could also listen to an album as a concept piece and how they could themselves put themselves in that story and just like oh so there's this character sam and then there's this character wolf and then who's sam who's wolf what is going on 
but you know like if I can do that with one song to tease what is going to happen in the album and with the rest of the songs that are going to come out then that makes me happy that makes me very happy awesome is changes going to be a standalone single or is it going to be like the first part of like a bigger project that you're intending to release us at some point um well like changes is basically the album version is going to be different like i wanted this to be a, like to showcase like my influences you know like i was listening to astro world um i was listening to astro world for a while while i was writing the second part of this song and uh, I was just like, you know, he had a few changes in these songs out of nowhere. Um, and I was just like, how can I include that into one of my songs? Because, and also, uh, New Slaves by Kanye West. I, I've annoyed my girlfriend so much with that song because I just, I will play it on repeat. And it's just, it makes me feel so euphoric when that Omega sample comes in <clears throat> and when Frank Ocean's voice comes in because I'm just like, yeah, it literally feels like I'm on drugs, despite never have done any. <laughs> like, it feels like the euphoria that he's talking about. And, you know, like, the whole point of my album is that I can make songs in different genres and make them cohesive and make, make them, even as standalone pieces of art, coherent. Um, but then, with changes, how can I do that and take it to the extreme, where it's just like two different sonics in the same space? Um, so yeah, I mean, you can, I think you can tell that there was a Travis Scott influence, even from the effects I used on my voice on the second part, where it's just like a bit of Section 80, a bit of Astral World just fused together, you know? Yeah. In that section, in that, in that second part. The other one is just like a bit of 80s and 90s rap, just you can tell from the delivery and everything, yeah. That's big, man. Okay, before we sign off, would you like to inform the listeners as to like your socials and where people can follow you and contact you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me on Instagram. The name is Mitsolis, which is M-I-D-S-O-L-I-S. You can also find me on Twitter, um, but that's largely inactive. So I post stuff every, one, every now and again, but I, get, I might get into Twitter more. So I, I mean, anyway, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even TikTok and YouTube as well. On YouTube, I'm going to be posting a lot more stuff that adds again to the lore of, of this song and to what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Okay, Oscar, uh, aka Midsolis, it's been a ple absolute pleasure. Good luck with the song and hope it does well. And we should speak again soon, man. Yeah, thank you. No, thanks for having me. I really like that. Thank you. Cool. The Specific Brown Show. The Specific Brown Show. The Specific Brown Show. That was my interview with Oscar, a.k.a. Midsolis. Thanks once again to Oscar for being on the show today. Much appreciated. Thank you to everyone for listening today to the SB podcast. And we'll be back again next Monday, same time, same place. So until then, be sure to keep it real. Keep it 100. Bless up. Thanks for listening to the SB show. Come back soon for more cloth talk. Until next time, keep it real, me gente.